Hello and bonjour. This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to the Mimosa Matters Winning Against Cancer podcast, a short series where people around us or connected with Mimosa Matters share their stories. Today we're speaking with Petra, who was barreling through life with a jet-set but high-pressure job travelling all over Europe until her encounter with cancer made her rethink everything. It was a life-changing experience which led her to reflect about what really matters and to follow her true passion in life. She started off by telling me about that passion. Yeah, I'm a portrait and personal brand photographer and I'm taking pictures of uh, women primarily. Um, um, And my mission is really to empower incredible women to share their authentic selves through powerful and feminine photography and support them on a journey to tell their story and shine. And when you meet women first, how do you explain the importance of a personal brand to them? Well, I think uh, I explained to them that it's, you know, the time when people buy from faceless company doesn't really work anymore. And um, they need to show their face in order to create a human connection and then share their story to in order to create this connection in their social media. And the pictures we taking for the personal branding is just showing them as, as, a, as a person. Yeah. So tell me about your story then. You are from Prague. Uh, you're living in London. How did, how did you move there? What took you away from that gorgeous city? <laughs> so I'm from Prague, from Czech Republic. And um, yeah, my, my husband uh, took me <laughs> from, uh, from the city. Yeah, man was behind the story. <laughs> It's always a boy. They're nothing but trouble, Petra. (laughs) (laughs) So he's from the UK. And how long have you been living in London? He's actually Czech. He's been living here for a long time. I've been living in London now for 10 years, but I've been always uh, traveling between Prague and London because I... I founded an agency, Destination Wedding Agency, and that's for uh, Prague for Central European Weddings. And the agency is based in Prague. So I was kind of moving between London and Prague. Ah, and then to add a third dimension to this then, (laughs) uh, you also have a connection with Mimosa, who, of course, we know here on the uh, Côte d'Azur. What's your connection with Mimosa? Well, the connection started... uh, just recently, I would say, and that's um, my my story after uh, cancer, which I will share uh, in a minute. Mm. That, um, but I, I think I would explain that better when when I share the story with cancer. Well, listen, let's let's start off then with the with the uh, with with the story and kind of like. The story never starts with the day that you got your diagnosis, because there's always something that leads up to going to get a test or see a doctor in the first place. What what was it with you that started you off? Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's right. The 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 big picture basically goes, as I kind of mentioned, I was three years ago, I was living a really busy life, always on the move. And um Summer for me was uh, the busiest season with weddings, with events. And uh, so I was going under a lot of stress and I 
but I felt otherwise I felt okay. And I went just for a regular checkup as uh, it's recommended for women to go um, after forties. And I did expect it like really just a quick checkup and just going back to my busy schedule, busy calendar in minute. And I was really surprised and shocked that um, I learned that uh, there might be something as tumor and had to wait for my results. And that time, not to be while I was waiting that week, my husband broke his, uh, he torn his Achilles. So that very same week, we thought, what's happening? You know, it's going to be kind of really dramatic for us uh, to tell how we're going to change it, uh, how we're going to do it as a family. Then he has to sit with his leg up for one month and then six months he can't do anything. And then a few days later, I learned my diagnosis, which was uh, triple negative breast cancer. How did you learn your diagnosis? Um, I was told by the doctor when they called me for a result and they said it's a triple negative uh, breast cancer, which is a very aggressive type. And for younger people, younger generation like me, <laughs> it's uh, dangerous. And they advise uh, to treat it immediately to my absolutely shock. Uh, and they put me on a really strong, aggressive uh, chemotherapy the very next day. So I started right away. So tell me about what it was a face to face meeting with the doctor. Yes. When he said the words, did you have a suspicion that he's going to give me bad news? Well, because that was the week when that happened to my husband. And then yeah, I was like, what, what is happening? And that's actually not one person. There's a committee of like eight doctors that you have to face. And they all specialize in something different and they tell you the result and then they tell you immediately what they suggest to do uh, as they all agreed. And I was just sitting there. I didn't understand. I was like feeling like in the movie that it's happening and I'm watching it. <laughs> I couldn't really make sense of it, to be honest. So it's like you're looking down from the ceiling Absolutely. At, 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 at yourself. We don't have a cancer in our family anywhere. No one from my family has a cancer, breast cancer. So it was absolutely shocked because I went for a regular checkup. I didn't went because I thought there is something wrong. And how did it feel in your gut, in your belly, in your stomach? Well, um, it was uh, very heavy. I think what I felt, I, you know, that's the time to stop. I was living this really busy, stressful life. And I thought, okay, well, that's now like hit me that I need to stop and start uh, taking care of myself. But on the other hand as well, it just put me, and I think the same for my husband, on like autopilot, really. You just don't really think, you don't want to overthink it. You just have to do what you're told to do. And because I had less than 24 hours before the first chemotherapy, I just... You know, my mind was completely blurry. <laughs> so who was with you on the day? I was by myself. Yeah. Would you have liked somebody with you or? I don't know. It, it was just, no, it was okay. My husband was sitting with his leg up. <laughs> he couldn't move. And um, my mom was probably 
yeah, like taking care of the children because it was mm. summer. So yeah, that was, yeah, that was fine to go by myself. Okay. So actually you come out and you've, you've been given this news and immediately we have a plan of action. We start tomorrow. <laughs> okay. The only person who knows this is you. When you go home and you tell your husband, how, what was his reaction? Well, he was very supportive as the whole time. He was amazing. He just said, don't worry, it will be fine. We just get um, through it. And what I have to say that uh, my father-in-law is a surgeon and his specialization is uh, breast cancer. So I immediately called him, of course, and uh, told him that. And he was amazing and supportive to discussing everything with me. How important was it to you to be able to talk to somebody who knew about this new thing you discovered you had? Yeah, pretty. Yeah, it was important because, of course, I had so many questions in my head. And the very good advice, what he gave me, he said that I can ask him all the questions, but whatever I do in this early stage, do not search the internet. Do not look at the internet <laughs> because the story there is, you know, very scary. And of course, they, everybody's different. Every story is different. And then, you know, you need to keep the good spirit. So I follow this uh, advice for the first few weeks at least yes so when you speak to somebody who like some people talk to somebody who's had the type of cancer that they have and has been through the process in your case you had your father-in-law who was a, a surgeon in the area when you speak to somebody like that who is experienced with your questions and they give you the answers what does the that do for you how does it make you feel well it's if you feel better because you know the results and um, it's curable and um, you are in the best hands and they you just have to trust the doctors and the advice what I received and that was a good advice to say okay this is a good oncologist and you need to trust him just this one, trust him. Of course, it's good to get an opinion, but then when you start searching, you know, for another opinion, another opinion, you don't get anywhere. So I follow that advice as well. And uh, it was, it was good decision. And I followed the, I started the treatment immediately. So tell me about the treatment that they gave you. What, what type of treatment did you have? Well, it's a common uh, treatment for breast cancer, which is, uh, it's called Red Devil, <laughs> but uh, the real name is uh, Doxorubicin, I think. I'm not sure how to pronounce it correctly. Um, and uh, it's for, um, I think four, yeah, it's four doses. So it's um, one and a half month, uh, kind of strong chemotherapy, and then 12 weeks, a little bit um, like lighter one, I would say. And how was it going through the chemotherapy? Well, it's hard, but uh, it's not that bad at, as I would think at the beginning. It is hard. You just have to keep it, you know, mentally. It's, it's keep it strong and just mm -hmm. uh, what I've been, I was doing week after week and not looking 
at the big picture. You just mm. go step by step. So you take the little steps. And uh, of course, it was uh, very encouraging hearing, I think, every two or three weeks, getting tests and hearing that it's working. So that was very good, very helpful. And I think when a lot of people hear chemotherapy, uh, the next thing they think of is hair. Yes, <laughs> that's true. And I have to say that um, I cried when <laughs> the doctor said that, of course, I will lose my hair. And uh, my husband was saying, well, it's not that important. It's just hair. They will grow again. But that time, of course, it hits you because then you tell everyone the world can see it. But uh, then later on, I didn't mind. And I even though I bought a wig, I never, ever had it. I was going just bald the whole time. And the trick was I put a lot of makeup on me. <laughs> so I was having like red lipstick um, and, you know, kind of like kind of good makeup. So the focus was on my makeup rather than my hair, even though people are looking, of course. <laughs> And because you're a photographer, were you able to take any self-portraits or to have your husband take some photos of you? Yes. At the end, I, not at the beginning, it's hard. I have to say, it's really hard to, to, to do that. But then towards the end, I have a photographer and I'm really grateful that I had some pictures taken. Yes. Why are you grateful? Um, because it's just, um, uh, part of my life and it's, um, it's changed me a lot, which I will speak about later, but it, it's good. And that's all the photography about, you know, freezing the memory, keeping, uh, if I look at it, I immediately know the feelings. So, yeah, I'm grateful. <laughs> and when you do look at it, then what are the feelings? Well, the feelings are... Well, I'm proud of myself and uh, my husband that we went through this very bravely. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably looking at it and, and thinking how everything changed. And uh, if the cancer wouldn't come, I would not be in the situation where I am now. So I don't know. It's mixed feelings. <laughs> so, Petra, you've been through the process, you've had the treatment. Have you arrived at a stage where the doctors have said, okay, let's leave you off for now and, and come back for regular checks? Yes. After, I think it was over a year after the treatment and one surgery, another surgery. And when everything was finished, they did the final test and they said, um, yes, congratulations. Now this is the day you've been waiting for. You are officially healthy. And I have to say, that was one of the hardest part of the journey, even though it's surprising, I know. And everybody were saying, wow, that's great. You can go back to normal, you know, done, you know, let's move on. But I didn't know how to go back to normal. It was everything changed. I changed a lot over the year and um, I didn't want to do what I used to did. I didn't want to leave live this crazy, busy life. Uh, and um, yeah, I finally, that time I started a therapy for taking care of my mental health, which I didn't earlier. And then how it started um, going back to my passion of photography. Uh, I, uh, 
I just created for myself a little personal project and I started taking pictures of uh, women affected uh, by cancer. And um, it was a personal project and the concept was taking picture of photo of a woman behind the window window because it just creates like a kind of magic <laughs> and it gives uh, the best light actually it's very flattering and also for the person to being photographed it feels more relaxed if there is the window the camera is not pointing directly to you and really soon after that like yeah the spark ignited and i felt like i truly found my purpose like supporting women and uh, telling their story and the whole point was taking the picture and doing a little interview about their story and then when mimosa comes in <laughs> um, my dear friend linda was uh, she introduced me to mimosa and um, yes i'm very honored that we agreed on cooperation and every month they share one of my photo on their social media and their website. And um, hopefully that's inspiring for other women going through um, cancer. Mm. I think it's inspiring and it's also reassuring. <laughs> um, I would imagine when you're going through this, you do not want to feel like you're alone. Exactly. And, and that's what I try to say, because when after I allow myself to search on the internet <laughs> after a while, I found a lot of uh, stories that I could relate when the women went through the treatment. But what I didn't know, and I was not prepared, what's going to happen after? Not many people speak about it and how it changed you, what, you know, what is after. So that's my goal to speak about the life after and how you can you know, own it then your life and uh, change it if you like. So I've been talking just recently, a woman who always wanted to have a, a shop for and tailor her own clothes. And after that treatment and, and going through cancer, she decided to follow her dreams and she did it. So that's kind of inspiring. And I think, and it's a positive outcome after. So that's what I wanted to share. So where is it in your head that, because we often go through life where it's, oh, I'd love to do this, or one day I'll retire, one day I'll open up that whatever, I'll buy that motorbike that I want. We never, we never do it, all right? Um, and then you were saying that you, you go through this process and then all of a sudden you go, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and you go and, do, and you're delighted that you do it. But the point in between, is there a point where you're kind of thinking, I could be dead tomorrow and I didn't do this. I mean, what, what, what goes through your head? Yeah, I think this is it. Yeah. You just think about life is, uh, you never know what's tomorrow and you just have to enjoy it and live it fully really. And that was for me. I, in my young adulthood, I always wanted to be a photographer and then you know, I become busy entrepreneur and I thought, you know, I'm a wedding planner. I am a, you know, like businesswoman. Now I would just change my career in my forties and become photographer. What would people think? <laughs> but now I just did it and it feels really good. <laughs> and you're really enjoying life. Yeah, I'm really happy, I have to say. And I feel like I found my purpose really to support other to do the same. For other people who maybe 
have just got the news and they're thinking, oh my God, what's ahead of me? What advice would you give somebody? Well, take, you know, little steps and try to look at it positively because the mental health, it's very important and do some self-care like, um, I'm sorry, I didn't find it earlier that uh, it's good to do like a meditation and maybe connect with someone who went through the same so they understand you and of course the important thing is um, yeah you have to talk to someone if you feel like and if you don't feel like don't do it excellent all right well listen petra uh, thank you very much for sharing your story with us today thank you for having me Our story today is brought to you by Mimosa Matters, the association of people from all over Europe who have chosen for one reason or another to base themselves on the French Riviera and now are giving back to the local community which has embraced them. For more information about the association and its work to fight cancer in the south of France, go to the website mimosamatters.org. For now, from me, Dusty Rhodes, until next time, take care, stay safe.